You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. When you need someone to listen. A lawyer you know and trust. These are tough times for all of us, but I know that we'll make it through. Standing together, weathering the storm, it's what Americans do best. And it's how we've persevered over previously challenging moments in history. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're taking all possible steps to protect our clients and our employees. While our attorneys remain committed to the needs of our clients, we will also remain available to you. If at any time you think you may need an attorney, give us a call. We'll be here to answer your questions and lead you down the right path. Together, we'll get through this. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Working harder, going farther, with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast Quarantine Edition, brought to you by Brad Shaw and Bryant. Kicking off this show today, we have a bunch of hilarious clips. Kicking it off, though, we had Paul Mercurio from way back, giving, giving Tom a little hard time about his over-pronunciation. Next... Who's on uh, the hold? On hold. Uh, on the phone. A guest caller. <laughs> caller, are you there? Hello. How are you? It's Paul Mercurio. Paul. Yeah. Are you? Boy, our there's buddy a lot Paul. of whining going on. Someone needs to get Ray Rice in that room. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gilbert did have a great, great joke about that. I don't think that Ray Rice understood me. I saw a picture of his wife. Or his girlfriend at the time, and I said, "You should hit that." <laughs> That's a great joke. Oh my god! Hey, it's so funny you should mention that because he is my this week's guest on my podcast. That's what uh, I thought. I thought that was true. Yeah, great interview with him. We did it before a, a live audience uh, in the village. We taped it as a TV show version of my uh, digital radio show. I'm not calling it a podcast anymore because no. you taught me. Oh, I can't Sensei. stand podcasts. It's a digital radio. No one owns an iPod anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's a, I never thought of it until you said it, but you're exactly right. Yes. And uh, Digital radio. And so we did a live taping with him, and he was so funny. And talks about how he... Um, goes to that point of being inappropriate like the tsunami jokes that got him kicked off as the voice of the Aflac duck and right. he does that and you know he did uh, 
he did that joke after 9-11, like two weeks after 9-11. He was, they were doing a roast uh, at the Friars Club in New York for Hugh Hefner, and he said, I, I can't, I uh, got to run, I can't stay, I got uh, I got a flight, and uh, I'm running late, and it's going to make a stop at the Empire State Building. And, and the place just went, oh, my God. <laughs> I remember. I do remember him. He's a fascinating guy, really fun thing. But uh, yeah, so we got we got that going on this week on the podcast. On uh, PaulMercurio.com. Mm-hmm. That's it. PaulMercurio.com with no, it's M E C U R I O. Right. Don't okay. Put the other R in there, you end up with that uh, Australian dancer with tight pants. Exactly. So if you want to, <laughs> and uh, if you want to see that, that's who you go to. But yeah. And uh, so what's going on? You got the daughter there. She's complaining, yelling at you. What's going on? No, she's, well, no, she's yelling at me because she told me to talk to the hand. And I said, okay, Oprah. I was joking about the talk. No, she was late. I would never actually use that. She was late. Number one, there was a stalled truck I don't care. on 100. I was here on time. And then there was, well, you live eight minutes away. I was wise. <laughs> I live 30. I was wise away. to move eight minutes away. Yeah, well, blame but he's, Dan. he's older than you and he moves slower than you. It takes oh, longer to get ready. Here we go. Very true. Anyway, I wanted to make sure that people, uh, paulmercurio.com, Gilbert Gottfried. Last week's guest was Larry the Cable Guy, another great show. And Paul, uh, it's not really an announcement, but Paul and I Can you hear us? There they are. Paul, can you hear them? I can. Hello. How are you? It's Paul Mercurio. Hi. Sorry. Last time I was on, you you weren't able to connect, so nice to hear you this time. <laughs> yeah, they're working Hi. on some. Well, you know what's, what happened, Paul, is that new technology, that phone lines have, uh, are really outmoded now, and it's all digital. It's a it's a much right. better signal anyway, but it's just the switchover is driving me nuts. But it shouldn't because, it you know, it takes a while to switch things over. Oh, it'll be way easy to switch you over. It's just the way you have your studio wired down here. It's insane. I didn't wire it. Well, yeah. thank God for that. Was it a mad hatter wire it? Uh, probably. I tell you, when, I, when in doubt, I always blame Tom for everything, even when I'm home. I just blame Tom. It's it is Tom's his fault. studio. Me too. Well, I didn't wire it. Jesus, <laughs> Mary and Joseph. Do we sound okay? You can't you prove sound you great. didn't wire it. You sound great. You sound like you're right there. You sound 20 years younger than Tom, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder why that is. (laughs) Why do you think she sounds so much younger than me? Let me think it over. What do you mean, awe? Don't give me that pitiful thing, (laughs) that pity thing. (laughs) Oh, really, you are a lot older than me. Thanks, honey. Hey, I'm going to be down in Florida on the 30th. Maybe I'll see you guys if you're there. The 30th of January? Yeah, I'm going to Delray Beach to do a fundraiser for the Delray Beach I get, Library. I get in that night at uh, like 7.30. Woo! Party at Tom's house, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> um, are you going to be there the weekend or are you leaving? i drunk and rewire your house. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we need, Paul. Anyway, what I was saying, what I was going to say was... Uh, that Paul and I are going to be working together in the future. Can't really talk about what we're going to work on, but we're going to work together in the future, and it's going to be a ball. A part, it was part of why I went to Chicago for two days. Uh, just I can't, like I said, I can't talk about it yet. But uh, we're going to work with Paul. We're going to work with a bunch of really good people. It's going to be a very, very exciting uh, venture. Very and, excited uh, about it. We're going to have a we're going to have our own man man apartment in Chicago, a secret apartment. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. That's exactly right. <laughs> and you know what? It's going to smell like farts and chicken wings. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to like the smell, my little kale-eating girl. You're not going to like it, right? 
Collard greens are hey. the new kale. They are. Collards so, are the new kale. Just oh, so you know. Oh, I knew that a long time ago. I like collards more than kale. Collard yeah. greens is like dandelion leaves. Actually, dandelion leaves are a lot worse. And they're really good for you. They're really bitter. Oh, of course they're good oh, for you. God. They taste like shit. They have to be great for you. <laughs> exactly. Give me a piece of pizza. Hey, speaking of which, if you guys come to New York, i got to take you this... Uh, I took my wife out like uh, I owe her. I owed her a nice night out, so I took her out to dinner the other night downtown. It's a really great Italian restaurant called uh, Il Molino down in the village. Oh, Mali- Il Molino is wonderful. It's great. Yeah, we uh, and we did like the whole thing. We don't usually do this. We did like the whole like six courses, and you know we started out with some bruschetta bascaglia. Uh, <laughs> wonderful stuff. Yeah, and then we had wonderful. some. Um, <laughs> Uh, eggplant rollatini and then some um, salata de napoli oh it's a beautiful it was beautiful <laughs> Alex <laughs> took off her headphones put your headphones on we have a guest put and your headphones on we went to the pasta course we had some baked roly bolognese <laughs> hey did you did you have any gabagool I had a gabagool I gave my wife the gabagool that was the dessert you I know what you, I mean I thought you gave her the brajool Okay. It's been a good day. I'll see you guys later. It's and then fun. we had some ravioli ragasta. <laughs> so much fun for everybody. And I said to the waiter, you know, it'd be nice to have like a light fish dish. So we had some bronzino. Bronzino. <laughs> and did you run into Vinny Babanano? <laughs> Vinny Babanano and Marco Manzanaro. Marco Manzanaro. By Tuesday. <laughs> Boy. One of the great things for for new listeners, Alex gets upset when I when I pronounce Italian dishes properly. She no, thinks I'm okay, making up an here, accent. No, you're, you are making up an accent. Well, no, you're not making it up. No, you're just pretending I'm to be. Listen, Ita- see, you're Italian. It's no. Okay, so you have to say every single dish in the accent of that country whenever you say it. If you do it with Italian, you have to do it with everything. I've always wanted to come in here, and now that I got a mustache, the timing feels right. Wow, all this stuff looks pretty good. Uh, can we get some salami and... Brian, Brian, let me handle this. Uh, scusi. Babbitaboopy. Kick off. What are you doing? Speaking Italian. Babbitaboopy. You can't speak Italian just because you have a mustache. Exactly. Anytime I go to an Italian restaurant, that's exactly what happens. I honest to God. By the way, best dessert in the city. I had some tiramisu. Tiramisu. Sweet Jesus. Uh, you, can be, it also, you can also sound Japanese when you say that. Tiaramasu. Tiaramasu. <laughs> Andy, how do you say tiaramasu in Japanese? Yeah. Tiaramasu. Yeah, I thought so. Tiaramasu. <laughs> uh, what happened was for new... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. no. I'm listening to you. I want to listen to you. Go ahead. Well, there was another dish I had that I think Alice really got. We had a little uh, mozzarella du buffalo, and uh, <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. Uh, I think this is your father's right. You have to pronounce the words in a, in a, in a respect for the language and the people of Italy. Right. You can't. So ridiculous. Hey, oh, wait, man. hold on. Dad says it's pronounced mozzarella. It's mozzarella. Mozzarella, is that mozzarella. right? Oh, my God, I'm going to throw it. Yeah, you can do a mozzarella, a mozzarella. Uh, there's gabagol. There's, uh, oh, there was well, a tortellini alla scala. When you have that. This is what I wanted. 
Tortellini. Okay, Dad, it's so much worse when you do it. <laughs> Why? It's way worse when you I'm do say, it. Okay, it's, Paul, no, Dad, pick a dish we're and say No, we're done with this. Oh, all right, we're going to wrap this up in a lovely right, present ready? that it was to me today and send it away to someone else. Hey, let me done. tell you something there, Missy. I have six menus in front of me. I had my wife print them out and I had to yeah. research them. You're going to like this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I have Emmy and Peabody's Award in the and a kid who's got his braces off and has a heart on all day. You don't think I got better things to do? <laughs> <laughs> <Fucking> menu? <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you do. All right, here's one more. <laughs> uh, this is my hell. Tortellini Cabanara. Cabanara. Molto bene. Anyone but you. How's your knocky? Is your knocky good? You gotta gotta take care of your knocky. You gotta put stuff on your knocky when it gets cold because it can get a rash. You You know what I really like, though, (laughs) Paulie? I love the gnocchi alla griglia. The grilled Mm. gnocchi is just phenomenal. It is. It's that little. Stick of the manza alla griglia. Here's another great word farfalle. 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 Butterfly. Farfalle. Oh, yes, Papale Primavera. Look, you want to have sex with me? The minute I said that, I could feel it. I could feel it. <laughs> I'm going to walk around in Florida with my just my underwear, just saying di- Italian dishes. Hey, where's my Papale Primavera? Come on, come over here. Hey. You and Dad can have a grand old time with that. I'll She's be in t- Minnesota. Speaking She's taking it really well. I think she's not going to be here when you're here. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, by the way, when I come back to Minnesota to do stand up, I'm having you. I'm having you kidnapped. I'm going to have you put in the front row, God. tied down, and I'm going to do 45 minutes of Italian dishes. And <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something everyone will love. <laughs> Sounds like it'd go over really well. <laughs> uh, oh, that's. By one. the way, I'm really hungry. Reading all these menus. I know so it's making me hungry too. By the way, Il Molino is our favorite restaurant in New York City. It's just I've phenomenal. Never been there in my life. Yeah. He's lying. You so liar! You've been there like three times. I've never been there in my entire life. In the life. Gramercy Hotel. That's a different restaurant. Oh, that's right. It's not Il Molino. It's uh, <laughs> Mayalino. Mayalino. There you go. Have you ever been to Mayalino in the know, Gramercy like Hotel? Close. It's fine. Yeah. Il Molino was the one. Yeah, that was us Italians. Come. We all sound alike to you wasps. I yeah. know how that is. Yeah, wasp. I'm an Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Good when luck to me. You come up to Minnesota. You're gonna have some hat dish. A hat dish. You have some you hat have some dish. Oh, you could have some hot dish or some walleye. I want to have. Are you a vegetarian? Like you speak Italian. I am a pescatarian, so I eat fish. He's a pescatarian. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You have to say it correctly, or else you sound like an idiot. You really do. There's no question about it. I need to explain to new listeners that uh, Paul Mercurio was nice enough. I was on the phone with him last week talking some business stuff, and I pointed out that Alex hates it when I I pronounce the uh, name Italian dishes correctly. She just hates it. No, you pronounce them obnoxious. So he said, "Well, correctly." Hyper correctly. Not hyper correctly. Yes, you just heard. You just heard your uncle yeah, Paul Mercurio. A, number one, he's not my uncle. <laughs> Pronounce him correctly. Two, I heard him he's screaming the names of dishes. I don't think that's how you're supposed to do it. He's doing a bit. It's called no, doing a bit. He's not doing a bit. You just that's called it talks. a bit like two minutes ago. No, this is how I say these words: antalata sure. mista. Yeah. I want a salad. Well, like I said, you have to pronounce everything at every restaurant in the accent of that country. I did ask for a bologna sandwich the other day, which I thought was... 
exactly. <laughs> this is so much fun to torture someone. Someone. I, I just love me. it. I'm going to have you a hat made of gabagol. Gabagol. <laughs> Capicola is how... Uh, Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the worst. There's another yeah, thing called cap- mortadel. You know what mortadel is? I know. I love mortadel. Yeah, it's a roll. For people listening who don't know, it's a basically a roll of bologna, and then they thought, hmm, how could we make it worse for people? I know. Let's put hunks of fat in it. That's exactly yeah, what they did, too. Gross. I was going to say, Dan wants that. <laughs> <laughs> he loves eating fat. It's like his favorite thing. Well, it's really, really have a great impression on him because he's so overweight. Yeah. <laughs> really say, killing him. He loves eating fat. Oh, uh, Paul, I, I tell you, this is uh, this has been a great treat, man. For everyone. You're the best. Hey, me, it's been an absolute hear this on KQ next week. I could, I could call in and talk to you about my beef gorgonzola. It would be a beautiful thing. It'll be me- Andy, you're going to put this on the back. Paul, do you know about that, that the, the best of the TomBernardShow.com, the digital radio show, is now played on KQRS on Sunday mornings from 6 to 8? Oh, that's awesome! No, I didn't know that. That's yes. terrific. Oh, I hope this. I hope this makes it to the cut because I love hearing Alex oh, squirm. <laughs> oh, I think this is for sure making. The cut. <laughs> I think it's making the cut, man. I'm pretty sure it'll make the cut. Uh, uh, all right. Well, Alex, I love you. You know, I'm uh, sort of only kidding a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Aren't you? <laughs> all right. So you're going to be you're going to be there the night of the thirtieth, and then when are you when are you going back to New York? I think I'm actually going to stay till Sunday. I may I may connect with the old college buddy Saturday night but I, I'm, uh, I'll talk to you this week and let you know I'm flying on Thursday night after the Daily Show taping I have my event Friday night that I'm performing at and then All right. I think I'm going to try to stay till Sunday morning and fly back okay. Sunday morning well we have to have lunch or dinner or something while you're there yeah coffee or something would be great we'll, oh uh, coffee hang out and we'll, yeah we'll get some cannoli espresso and, uh, oh my god this <laughs> is <Jesus Christ. laughs> what the hell is wrong what have I ever done to either of you Paul Mercurio com. This week's guest, Gilbert Gottfried. Last week's guest, of course, Larry the Cable Guy. He's had Paul McCartney on his. I've never had Paul McCartney on my show, uh, but on uh, his digital radio show. Right. You've had so many great people. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Paul McCartney, you can find on paulmercurio.com. Yeah. Stephen Colbert, Jay Leno, really fun people. You, you did it. We had a great conversation yeah, so with you. You're on it. So all your fans should go hear that, because that's another side of Tom that maybe you don't know. The part where he weeps a lot and we have to pull him out of his chair. But exactly. it was good. It was an hour of that. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly what happened. But, so you can uh, find that all on paulmercurio.com. Uh, we can put a link to it on our, our website as well. That I think is mm-hmm. a great idea. So yeah. say, say hello to all your big shot friends, and then I'll see you uh, in a week. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Take man. care, guys. Fun time. I'll talk to you soon. It was great. Paul Mercurio, Bye. ladies and gentlemen. P-A-U-L-M-E-C-U-R-I-O.com. PaulMercurio.com. Some phenomenal interviews on there. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. That was Paul Mercurio on the Best of. Coming up next, continuing the lockdown, we had Bobcat Goldthwait. Tell him one of Tom's favorite stories of all time. Next. My love, how you dance the Roomba. But take some advice by son. Learn how to mumble. And the Bobcat is with us. He is it. Hello, he is with us. Bobcat. Hello, hi. How are you? 
Good, good morning. It's the crack of noon. No, no, no. I'm just not used to talking to you guys at this hour. <laughs> well, I suppose now that you're a big uh, producer and writer and director and all the rest of it. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> I, uh, it, yeah, now, now the, the pressure to be funny is off of me. I could just be uh, a pretentious load. But but that was never a problem because it wasn't like you uh, kind of laid it out and said, well, here's how it's going to go. You just kind of did it and kept doing it and got very successful at it. You know, whenever you Google someone's name, all this weird stuff comes up. But now you have so much credibility that, that like the first three or four things, nothing, nothing weird comes up. Like, in other words, what I'm saying is I can't really let's just say Jerry Seinfeld. I guarantee you the second or third thing would say Jew. <laughs> this is true. And then let's say you would Google uh, blah, 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 Jew, third thing, gay. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that comes up. You know what I'm talking about when you Google but someone's the, name. But, but the gay comes up only with the, the good-looking leading men. Most, yeah. most <laughs> leading yeah. men, is, it's the second thing is gay. Um, <laughs> That's true. You're right. So but I you. think the, the subtext there is people who, you know what I mean? Like, like that never comes up with me. Oh, dead comes up. Bob can't go through dead a lot, but not the gay. I was going to tell you, it's way down the list. Now, dead is way down the list now. And I'm not kidding you. This is a true story. I just left a, a meeting with a bunch of guys. And uh, I said, I got to get going. I have to go do an interview. And I said, well, who are you interviewing? I said, Bobcat Goldthwait. And the guys went, oh, God, that's great. You know, I love the, you know, God Bless America. Or I love Shakes a Clown. Or I love, uh, you know, the police. Get what? They went down the list of all things they love. And this one guy goes, I thought he was dead. And I said, <laughs> Are you thinking about? Are you thinking of Sam Kinison? Oh yeah, that's right. I was thinking. I was thinking of Sam Kinison. It's like what? Well, the other the other day, someone thought I was dead, and they thought I died of cancer. So they didn't even think yeah. I was Sam Kinison. I don't know who they thought I was. <laughs> cancer. A specific death. <laughs> Very specific. I thought, <laughs> wasn't he stabbed? I thought you had halitosis that killed you. You know, it was either Bobcat Goldthwait or Sal Minio. I'm not sure which one it was. It was... I'm not sure, yeah. I was actually uh, wrestling with Sal Minio. <laughs> one of us was going to go out. <laughs> it's great talking to you. Thank you for taking time. Matter of fact, uh, I, I had left you a, uh, a phone message a few months ago, like five months ago, and you, you called right back. and Well, actually, you texted right back and said you were in Australia. So I, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was in Australia, and then I went to, uh, with, with God Bless America, and then I went to uh, Edinburgh right after that, too. So it's so really it's strange. I, I travel around the world with these tiny movies that we make, and uh, it's you know it, it's great. You go to the other countries, and I say, "Well, it was a huge hit in the states, so it's uh, it's nice that it's finally opening here." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta yeah. tell you, I, I, first of all, I love the movie. I told you that before. God bless America. Joel Murray was incredible in it. Uh, it was just a great movie. But Thanks. A, a people thing just popped up on. Well, I, I just want to mention very quickly what what does come up now when you you Google Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, or Robert Francis Goldthwait, either one. Uh, what pops up first is IMDb, and then the second thing that pops up is is God Bless America, and then the third thing that pops up is uh, you know comedy. Uh, so the first three things that pop up for you, you've got a ton of credibility now. You're like a, you're like this go to guy. Yeah, I think um, uh, it's time for me to sell out in a big way. I agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I just had my agent sent me an Adam Sandler script, and I just wrote across it why. Oh. <laughs> no, okay, I, you know, I don't want you to get real oh. personal about this or whatever. But see, I don't, and I'm not. Let's say we're not talking about Adam Sandler. 
Okay, yeah. no, and I like Adam, but I just I know. like it's kind of too late for me to jump into the studio world. You know, I, I I'm on this this trip just making my small independent movies and stuff. I actually just finished a new movie. Um, and that's what I want to talk to you about, as a matter of fact, at length. That's uh, one of the reasons I want to have you. I just had a thing pop up on my screen now. It says, people who search for Bobcat Goldthwait also search for Joel Murray, Tara Lynn, ba- uh, Tara Lynn Barr, Nikki Cox, Alexi Gilmore, and Sam Kinison. <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense. That's phenomenal. I was, uh, well, I got really quiet there. <laughs> yes, you did. I'm trying to figure out which one of those I had sex with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found out. Uh, I don't even bring that story up again, but I found out many years ago. Uh, yeah. So I look like a complete, a complete douchebag. But um, <laughs> I'm fine with talking about Sam's and mine relationship now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, um, you know, for me. It's been because I've known you now for twenty six years, something like that. I think yeah. that's right, like twenty six years. And uh, you did uh, a spot for us in the KQ Morning Show out in Vegas a couple of years ago. That was a ball. People just loved it. It was a wonderful deal. Nick DePaulo was crabby because he had to open for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, 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 went on, I don't. I don't. I never care about when I go on. I know you're gonna. It's either going to go well or poorly, and, uh, and you know, I, I really don't care when I go on. No, I understand. But, but it never goes poorly, does it? I mean, it's been many, many years since you've set fire to a set or something like that. Oh, no, it's, it's gone poorly. It's gone really? this year. Sure, this year. And I hate to be a comedian that goes to a, a town and then goes, well, that, those people were hillbillies and it was poor. <laughs> but, yeah, I was in the... Fatville, Arkansas, and it was uh, really was one of the worst gigs I've ever done. I, at one point, I was laying on the stage because I hated the crowd so much, and I was going, <laughs> not only have I never said this before, I have never thought this before. I am better than you. <laughs> I, am, I am better than all of you. You just so, laid down a defiance. Yeah, and by the way, this is the same summer that I, I performed at the Gathering of the Juggalos, and that went better than playing in Arkansas. <laughs> I love that. Uh, for me personally, though, I, looking back at the first time we met uh, at the KQ Studios 26 years ago, or it might even be 27 years ago by now, but it's been kind of fun watching you know you go in all these different directions when you, you know, like Shakes the Clown. I love Shakes. If you have not seen Shakes the Clown, ladies and gentlemen, you do need it's to hilarious. see it. It's hilarious. It's a tremendous movie. And it never got the, the, it never got the, uh, the popularity. It, it never reached that level that it should have, and I still to this day don't understand why. Well, I mean, it, it's, um, thanks for saying the kind word. You know, there's, there's, uh, it is very similar to, like, uh, Bad Santa, I think, um, much better, uh, but well, but I mean, but I think that's nice. But but it, it's just I don't know. You know, I've just always kind of gone after the things that interested me at the time and just made these things. And and the the the, the other part of the equation of like reaching an audience never really uh, it, it it doesn't really happen. And 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 I don't really spend too much time worrying about that. Which uh, you know, a lot of other filmmakers do it the other way. They think about how they're going to have mass appeal every time they make a movie, and and they're they're all about kind of, and it's a little indulgent, but they're kind of first they're about entertaining me and my friends, and then uh, <laughs> yes, if other yes. people get them, that's great. But yeah, 
Yeah, but people are getting God Bless America. I mean, the movie is what, a couple of years, is it two year, one or two years old now? Well, no, it just came out. Uh, it, the first time it aired was, uh, it, we played it in the Toronto Film Festival, but that was at the, that's at the end of 11. 11, But, yeah. uh, yeah, so it opened uh, last year, and right. then, um, um, you know, and then World's Greatest Dad was, uh, oh, you know, a few years before that. But I'm trying to pick up the pace and do one every year now, so. And um, that's where we're going to spend uh, most of this time. But I, but I did want to just mention that it's kind of it, it's kind of great whether it's uh, you know like you or somebody like Nick Swardson or or you know it, like the first time I will never forget the first time that you walked into the KQ studios. It was it was a funny experience because I had seen you, and uh, you could get pretty wild. There's no question about it. Sure, sure. And I used to do all the interviews in, in character, which you did, yeah. Which, which uh, sold a lot of tickets, but uh, it, it's certainly annoying for the people talking to me, you know? <laughs> it wasn't for me. But the greatest thing I'll know, and Tony, Tony, Tony Lee, you, you remember this as well. Yeah. Uh, I bet he, he walked in and I said, is there anything I could get for you? He said, yeah, do you have any tab? Remember that? <laughs> yes, for sure. Tab. Yes. You wanted tab. I said, okay, somebody run down to Byerly's and get Mr. Goldthwait a six-pack of tab. So they did. They went to the grocery store and got you a six-pack of tab. Did it even make tab anymore? No, I think it's like, now I'm on the Dr. Pib. Mr. Pib. Mr. Pib. Dr. Pib, he, he went to school. <laughs> yeah, so he. Great. He's a very important guy now. I cherish a memory when I first met Bobcat years ago, too, at the radio station. He was just kind of hanging around. I thought, oh, what the hell? I'll ask him for an autograph. And he's like, oh, let me let me try something different. He just took a little napkin and gave it back to me and said, Tony, go fuck yourself, Bobcat. <laughs> It's beautiful. I would never do that. No, actually, yeah, that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> well, it was wonderful. But my one of my favorite memories as well, and again, I understand uh, that we're going to certainly talk about the movies you're working on right now, but one of my favorite things, and I talked to, to Catherine, my wife, and Andy, you've, uh, you've met both uh, Andy and Catherine. Alex, our daughter, is not, uh, not here. She's sick, unfortunately, today, but we all do the podcast together, and, and we just have a great time doing it. And I said, one of the things that I want to do on a podcast you could no longer do in radio, do you remember those times when you used to come in, and one particular time, when you interviewed Lonnie Anderson? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember I scared her. And then yeah, I you did. Believe, I believe I brought her flowers or something the next day. <laughs> she didn't show up. <laughs> you just creeped her out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's a crazy little minx. She says no, but but <laughs> I say yes. You know what you should do? You should just call. Next movie you're going to shoot, you just call and say, so you available? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a quote from Bob. A, it, it's about an 80s road comedian, and he becomes obsessed with a woman from WKRP. It's not what you think. Yes. If you just come in and read. Remember <laughs> <laughs> that interview? Opens uh, in the Goldweight hot tub. <laughs> yes. Things it's go very, very well. Uh, uh, another thing. Uh, see, this is one thing about you that, uh, that, that, again, you just bring your name up on the screen and all these different things. There's a quote that just popped up from England, uh, Bobcat Goldweight. I'm not going to make a film with Justin Bieber. <laughs> Oh, yeah, as if Justin Bieber's trying to make a... I want to work with the guy who did Shake the Clown. No, um, you know, yes. for years I 
for years I've been working on, on this uh, uh, movie with Ray Davis of the Kinks, uh, right. a musical. And, uh, and, and the reason it's taking so long is, you know, I, I, I'm not like, uh, I want to make sure the cast is great and the right people. And that's why I said, I go, I'm not just going to go work with Justin Bieber just because I could get a movie going that way. You know, I, I sure. want to make sure it's somebody that, uh, you know, you know, whatever. I don't know why I'm trying to deflect this. It's Justin <laughs> Bieber and I, <laughs> I don't want to lose all my Bieber fans. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, you have to admit, you are one of the great storytellers in, in, in the United... Well, in the world, actually. When you tell a story, there is always this great payoff. Always. I, uh, you know, the, the latest story I have is, is one that involves my daughter, who's, who's 26, and she's a, a, a stylist for commercials and, and, for, um, okay. and, for, and for other things. She, she works a lot. And um, so I get this text from her. She was doing a thing with Russell Brand, and I get a text, and it says, Dad, I have diarrhea, and I, it was an emergency, and I went into Russell Brand's trailer, and I was using his bathroom, and now he came back to his trailer. He doesn't know I'm in his bathroom, and I'm trapped. What do I do? And I said, I said, well, make him feel uncomfortable. Just open up the door and say, Hi, Russell Brand. I had to change my tampon. You know, Shark Week. <laughs> and, and my daughter texts back, Dad, I love you. Now, she thinks I was trying to figure out a way to help her not feel uncomfortable, but in sure. reality, I was like going, what can I have her say so Russell Brand won't try to fuck her? <laughs> <laughs> good fatherly advice. That is yeah, very good fatherly advice. advice. <laughs> yeah. That's the one reason, I mean, uh, I'll, not the one reason. It's a huge reason I wanted to wanted to talk to you on a podcast too because I've we've talked on the radio many 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 times over the past you know quarter of a century. But a podcast is a different deal because you can say things like I don't want Russell Brand to try to fuck her. It's right. a new you know I could talk to you like you and I sat down and you know in the in the little waiting room uh, waiting to go in and do the the radio show. And, you, you know, on radio, you got to clean everything up. and There are things you can't talk about. I mean, people get nervous. Uh, last uh, Monday, Daniel Baldwin was on, on the show, right? And so I'm talking to him. And I don't know if you know Daniel or not, but pretty decent guy. Um, and maybe you've had a different experience, but I don't no, know. No, 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 I don't know him. No, I don't. I've only met uh, Chef Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the very. He only he only showed up when Curly Baldwin died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking to Daniel Baldwin, and I said, "Have you ever done a movie together, all all four brothers?" And he said, "No." There was a script that Alec worked on, and then he got us all together to do a read through, and it turned out 99 percent of the movie was about Alec. And one uh, percent of the movie was about the other three of us. And then on the on the air, KQRS, he said, "Can you fucking believe that?" <laughs> and I said, "You know, just let it go, whatever." And we didn't dump it or whatever because the guy who was producing the show didn't hear him say it. Because uh. I mean, why should you pay attention to the interview, right? <laughs> <laughs> but. He said, oh, you know what? I just think I, I said the F word on your show. I said, it's no problem because you didn't mean to, to you know, it was, a, it was just an accident. You didn't mean to say it. And plus, you're not talking about the sex act, so it's not really that important a deal. It, it just, as a matter of fact, it's kind of a compliment. You were so comfortable. You thought you and I were just talking on the telephone. And you said, can you fucking believe that? Well, Daniel's going to be on the show, on the podcast next Tuesday. And I'm, I, it's going to be a nice opportunity to say, 
you know, you can actually say, can you fucking believe that on a podcast as much as you want and nobody has to worry about it. But what's funny about that was everybody at the radio station, the management and the sales department lost their fucking mind. I said, what are you so whipped up about? <laughs> we're going to get fined. We're going to get fined. I said, we're not going to get fined. He didn't mean to say it. He's not talking about the sex act. It's not that big a deal. I just think that radio, and i tell you the truth, Bobcat, in the next few years, I'll probably segue out of radio and just do the podcast all the time uh, because we can talk very frank, frankly about things. You can talk about your daughter. You know, you can talk about how much you love her and how much you care for her. She can think that you're really trying to watch out for her. And again, your yeah. response is, I'm just trying to think of ways where Russell Brand doesn't try to fuck her. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is the this is the way things are going, and and uh, it's it's crazy because uh, you know I've always kind of stayed away from social media, uh, but I'm yeah. not, I'm I was enjoying Instagram because at least uh, I'm that it's uh, I think I think more visual, but the you know my my daughter same daughter she came in and she's like Dad there's some guy on Facebook trying to get laid saying he's you. And I was like, I was like, well, we gotta, we gotta stop that ASAP, you know. But uh, I'm like, uh, he hasn't tried to ask out any of your friends, right? That would be weird to know. But um, yeah, you know, wasn't me. But I was like, why would you say you're me in cyberspace? And I figured it out because if you say you're George Clooney and then you go to meet the person and you're not George Clooney, you know, they would go, you're not George Clooney. I'm leaving. Harumph. But if you say you're me and you're not me, you still got a dog in the fight. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're going to fuck Bobcat Goldthwait? Come on, that's got to be worth at least a reach around in the parking lot. <laughs> well, I think it is. I mean, I think but yeah, question. so I've had to kick off uh, two people that were posing as me because they were harassing uh, people, which is really weird, you know. Uh, on Twitter, you have to prove that you're you when you're kicking off the fake you, which is a uh, which is a drag. But um, you know, these are the times we live in. I, I don't know if you've have you had anyone post as a fake version of you. Uh yes, <clears throat> that's and, actually uh, happened, and and basically, uh, I had a, a husband show up at the radio station. This is if you a couple years oh, ago. No. Husband showed up at the radio station and, and said, uh, "I understand that the, you're banging my wife," and I said, "What?" Oh. And he said, oh no, I, I, he's very pissed off, right? <laughs> yeah. And I said, look, I'm telling you, I don't have time to bang your wife, first of all. I'm working on like four different jobs. i got four different things going. I don't have a minute in the day. Plus, I it really don't want to be killed. It was a love sponge, was it? <laughs> yeah, he was bringing, he brought uh, Hulk Hogan along with him. <laughs> yeah, it just worked out really well. But this guy, I had to talk to this guy for about a half an hour because he was convinced. What happened was, is this guy was posing as me. And this woman believed it. Guy was better looking than me too, so I didn't mind it that much. But <laughs> oh, you saw the guy. That's interesting. I had to talk to this this guy and calm him down and said, "Look, I'm just telling you. Let's go inside and talk to all the people in here. They can tell you I, if I if I wanted to have an affair with your wife, I wouldn't have time to do it anyway. I'm just telling you." And the guy finally did believe me, and we tracked down the guy that uh, was. What happened was this is interesting. Um, this guy who was posing as me went into uh, the original sports bar at the Mall of America. It's not there anymore, but uh, he goes in the original sports bar in the Mall of America, and he says, uh, I'm Tom Bernard from KQRS, and everywhere I go, I get free drinks. And they said, really? <laughs> the bartender says to him, oh, really? I didn't realize that. He said, yeah, I, no matter where I go, people give me free drinks, so I just wanted to tell you up front that if you want me to frequent your bar, 
that I want all my drinks for free. That's just the way it is. <laughs> and so the bartender, the bartender says to him, so, God, I love your show. Uh, you know, you don't look anything like I thought you looked. He goes, yeah, a lot of people tell me that. They, they tell me that all the time that, that I don't look like they think I'm going to look. And the bartender said, no, the reason that you look different to me is because I'm Tom Bernard's brother. <laughs> oh, it was my wow. the bartender was my brother Troy. It was that is great. I love how he set it up too. Just let oh, him he did. Simmer. He just roasted the guy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Troy. It, well, yeah, he's my brother actually, and you're not him. But I've, this uh, prick. I once got a call from the Nevada Police Department because they had two guys who were got in a bar fight, and they said that they were me and Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's a couple of hot guys. <laughs> me and Meatloaf just kicking ass in a bar together. <laughs> I, I need to ask you a favor, and this is the only favor I'm going to ask you. But Andy, um, on the on the podcast with us here, he's uh, he doesn't talk all that much, but when he does, get a word in. He's very right. he's a very clever clever kid. Andy, you've never heard about the. Uh, the the near death of Bobcat Goldthwait on the airplane, have you? I don't think so, no. Bobcat, if you wouldn't mind just telling it, it's such a magnificent story and you tell it so well. It's just the kind of thing that would knock Andy out, if you don't mind. I don't know, sure. It's a, it is a true story. It happened a few years ago. I was on a, a flight going from Los Angeles to New York in about two and a half hours, and the engine blew up. Which was terrifying. I mean, people were yeah. screaming and drinks were flying, and uh, it was like, Pew! well, it didn't make that noise. Uh, clearly, I'm not the <laughs> black guy from Police Academy who makes funny noises, but the, the engine blew up, and the whole plane started shaking violently, and it was, it was heading straight towards the earth, like it just was careening towards the earth. And I thought, before I freak out, I'm going to see what the flight attendants are doing. And, uh, and I look, and two flight attendants were looking out the window, and then they... They turn around and they were they were sobbing and uh, oh you know how they go we're here for your safety first fuck that like these whores had checked out they're like holding <laughs> hands they're squeezing each other's hands going I always thought you were professional Karen and then <laughs> as the plane as the plane careening towards the earth the pilot got on and he goes oh ladies and gentlemen this your pilot there's no reason to be alarmed we're gonna land in Cleveland. In two to two and a half minutes. I swear to God, by the way, that was his like demeanor. Just, like, you know. <laughs> Dean Martin it's, voice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like suddenly, totally, yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy, what are we today in the army? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a story about Dean Martin walking through the Paramount lot in an army uniform. So we're in the army, I guess. <laughs> so, so, uh, so the pilot's like. By the way, I want a pilot that's on the same page as me. You know, I want a guy that's like going, "Holy shit!" You know, at least they'll go, oh, "Right, Otico, he's he's just as freaked out as I am, and he'll probably save the day." I want a pilot going, uh, "You know, uh, keep your trays where they are. It really doesn't matter." Kiss uh, <laughs> a stranger, smoke, rub one out in your seat. I'm going to try some shit I learned in pilot school, but uh, I've never really had to do before. That would have been more comforting. Because that's the voice of death, that comfort, that mellow voice. Like if oh, you, yeah. You're, you're walking down the street and a guy goes, oh, I'm going to kill you. He's not. That's just some drunk guy that wants his buddies to pull him off you so he doesn't have to get in a fight. Like, <laughs> right. I'm going to kill you. Calm down, Todd. He's not worth it. But <laughs> walk down the street and a guy came up from behind you and went, I'm going to kill you. That fucker's going to kill you. That is going to be the last <laughs> voice you hear. He's going to be in your bed naked, something like your bedroom. 
put a heart on covered in goat shit in a, in a machete. I told you I was going to kill you. But so the plane's craning towards the earth, and now just before the, it's really horrible. And then Pilot got back on and he goes, hello, ladies and gentlemen, there's no reason to be alarmed. When we land in Cleveland, the runway will be covered entirely in foam. And at the very end of the runway will be a fire truck. And I, I sincerely thought, well, this is the end of my life. And right. then clear as a bell, one guy in the back of the plane went, fire truck! <laughs> <laughs> he was excited. He was going to be a fire truck. Now, <laughs> and I know like people get upset. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I know folks have mentally challenged folks in their family, and I know they have mentally challenged people that they work with or whatever, but, but if you don't think that, that they're a human being, you know, if you don't think they say anything funny, you're denying that they're a human being. Because right. that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard another person <laughs> say in my life. Fire you know? <laughs> truck, you know, even you'd be excited. You got that medal. Like, people want to change the story. And they say, it wasn't really the Special Olympics. And I'm like, look, it was 35 men and women in red, white, and blue running suits with medals. So if it wasn't the Special Olympics team, it was a really, really big hip-hop group with Down syndrome. <laughs> I had, oh, by the way, give me an idea how big my ego is. It's just like, a, you know, uh, I'm thinking if this plane crashes, is it going to say Special Olympics team dies in fiery crash, or is it just you know also on board 80 comedian Bobcat Goldthwait, or are people just going to read it fast? Bobcat Goldthwait Special Olympics team go. I told you. <laughs> that is one of the greatest stories of all time, and you actually got to laugh. Andy laughs at at nothing unless it's really oh, funny. Well, but that is a 100% true story. And you know what's funny? The comedian Dimitri Martin was on the same flight. And uh, as we sat for the next plane to come, we're sitting there like, uh, did you hear fire truck? And he's like, yeah, man. And we're both like, uh, <laughs> So even though you were terrified, did you have a good laugh at that? Oh, yeah, a good laugh. But I'm also like going, dibs, man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's all yours. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not th- I'm not telling Down syndrome stories, so yeah. By the way, it even got worse. I never tell this part of the story, but what happened was when we finally got on the plane, I, they, you know, half the people wouldn't even get back on the plane, and uh, but the the the, uh, the 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 athletes got back on. This is the best way to say it. And uh, so I, I said, I have to take a picture because no one's going to believe me. And I took a picture, but the flash was on. And mm-hmm. so this guy from the Special Olympics turns around and looks at me, and everyone's looking at me like you're an asshole. <laughs> but then the guy just the guy just looks at me and he smiles and he holds his medal up like, "Yeah, take a look, bitch." You know. What I mean? <laughs> 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 like, All right, that's good. <laughs> See, there's always now. You told that story. You you told me that story about four times, and the story. Is always great. I mean, there are little little things and little addendums and little additions and whatever. Every time you tell a story, like I said, you're one of the great storytellers of all time. Anyway, but um, when you tell a story, you always go, "Well, it's kind of like in the back of your mind, it's like, well, I've told this to him before, so I got to add a few little things that have never that I didn't mention before." I mean, that's just kind of how you are. But uh, I think that's to like. For for yourself, you kind of try to keep it fresh and 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 and, and try to keep it expanding, you know, just so 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 you don't get bored and 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 it's just 
it's kind of like making a movie, you know. You get there and you may have the script, but then you know you see what happens on the day and things keep changing and stuff. So you know, I'm I'm a big fan of always of of when I make a movie. I'm a big fan of improvisation, but not necessarily when you say that. I think people think like when you say improv, people are like coming up with comedy bits. You know, sometimes uh, a serious thing can be improv. You know. Yeah, no question. I, I do. Uh I have to tell you that God bless America. I think that well, you were we had talked about it briefly when you we were in Vegas at the same time when you're doing the, the KQ show there. Um, but God bless America. Joel Murray was incredibly good in that movie. Did you was he the guy you wanted from the very beginning? No, I, I just wrote it. You know, uh, for basically it was a it was a Christmas present for my wife. Um, you know, people think I'm a misanthrope, but uh, <laughs> actually my wife said, she goes, you're a misanthrope, and I go, you only say that because you're a person, but um, <laughs> yes. I, I uh, you know, uh, so I didn't really have anyone in mind, and then, uh, you know, it was a suggestion from her, you know, uh, I, I was watching Joel on Mad Men, and, and I was like, oh, that's a great idea, and he's an old, old friend, so it wasn't hard at all to get him, and you know, he thought I was asking him to play like a small role, but he was like, "Yeah, man, you want me to be the guy?" So it was, it was great. You know, he was tremendous in the movie. It was very well written, very well. I mean, you did the whole thing yourself, right? You did everything on that on that movie, didn't you? Well, I, I, I mean, I wrote and directed, but but um, <clears throat> but you know who financed it is uh, is uh, Ted Ham from Ham's Beer there in the in, Ted in the- Ham did. I didn't yeah, know his- that. Yeah, so Ham's, uh, Ted Ham, whose family, I believe, sold Ham's beer a while ago, but, but it yeah. is the same folk, and, uh, and he's produced the World Greatest Dad and God Bless America. In now, fact, I have a big Ham's beer tattoo on my chest. Because <laughs> there are more movies I, I came, to make. Yeah, I came into his office, and I showed him the, the tattoo, and they, and they looked at me, and they got really quiet, so clearly they were 100% <laughs> on board, yeah. And I go... I go, look, there's plenty of room for Fox Searchlight on the other side. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> my, my body's turning into a NASCAR burn suit. <laughs> now, as you go along, um, World's Greatest Dad did very well, correct? Well, I mean, you know, again, in, in what terms? I mean, it, it certainly people didn't lose money, and they, and I got to go to Sundance and film festivals around the world with it. So, yeah, I mean, I, that exceeds my expectations. Now, now, if you compare it to, you know, other other indies or, or, you know, the Avengers, you know, it's whatever. But for me, if people don't lose money working for me and then we get some nice reviews, that, that's pretty great. And God, God bless America's in that in that same uh, category. Correct. It, it, that, God bless America's done done well. Also, has it not? Yeah, it's the first movie I've had that's played and it's opened in Japan and stuff like that. So that's really weird. It's a it there's is. a great there's a great poster from Japan which I'm like looking at it and I'm like I don't know if they got the movie because it's got <laughs> the, the teddy bear with his head blown up. Yeah, <laughs> God bless America. Like, all right. <laughs> Andy pointed out to me the other day that they celebrate Christmas in Japan now. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yep, for a while. I yeah, and they that... started. They start celebrating it really early, like like even as early as we do. Yeah. Really? And they do yeah. it for longer too. They keep yeah. on going with the uh, the winter holiday spirit. So you said you were working on a new movie right now? No, I, I kind of just finished it up. It's uh, oh, you it's did. A, okay. uh, 
it's uh, it's you know it's kind of it, it, it's a it's similar to my other movies in the sense that it has my sensibilities, but it's probably a little different for 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 me. It was it was a, it's a Bigfoot movie, and I went up to Willow Creek where the uh, Patterson Gimlin footage was shot forty five years ago, and. Uh, kind of, uh, it's semi-real and semi, it's a horror picture. Uh, I showed some of it to Jimmy Kimmel the other day, and he was very, he was very supportive. He he called it uh, Scary and the Henderson. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, is that the, the footage you're talking about? Is that is that the one where Bigfoot looks directly into the camera? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Where uh, Patty. That's uh, that's Patty. It's a it's a female uh, Sasquatch in that film. Oh, it is. I'm in deep. I'm in deep. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, to I guess so. <laughs> but I always found that interesting. That you know, Bigfoot's kind of loping along. They've got that long loping gait, and all of a sudden, she just turns and looks right at the camera, like, "Yeah, what the?" <laughs> yeah, you know, I just realized that's a good argument for those folks that go back and forth on on the reality of it. If you're faking a, a big would you have it turn around? I don't know. I wouldn't think so. I don't understand. The one weird thing about the Patterson footage to me is the fact that if you look at it, that Sasquatch has can. Yes, that's true. And it's such a weird thing to add. Like if you're going to all the trouble of making a Bigfoot suit and you go, yeah, we got to, I mean, it's either, I, I don't know, it's a great misdirect or, or somebody's really horny. Like someone's like <laughs> one of the, one of the early uh, furries or right. fluffies or what are those guys? Yeah, the furries. Yeah, furries, yeah. furries. I like it. <laughs> I think that basically those guys are just guys who want to bang other dudes but don't want to admit their sexuality. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gay. I just like to bang foxes. <laughs> yes. I just really love to nail chappy bears. <laughs> you know, they actually wear the suits while they do it, right? Some of them. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. And, and they have flaps and stuff. <laughs> I was at a hotel once and there was a convention. What was really funny is that some of them had their regular attire on, so they would have, they would be like a guy who's a raccoon, but he's still rocking his ACDC back in black t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I think of raccoons. I had a uh, when I when I got done with the first assemblage of the movie. One thing I realized in in a horror picture, you know, there's always that scene where like uh, you hear something break and then the camera spins around and oh, it's a cat. And then all of a sudden, something horrific happens. You know, what right. I mean, the cat knocked over a lamp. Right. Well, I realized when I looked at my assemblage, I don't, I didn't have the, the the cat. I didn't have the misdirect. So I went up and I wanted to get a shot of a raccoon out in the woods. And um, and uh, my daughter called around and my wife and I. It's four grand in L.A. to film a raccoon. What? So yeah, four grand because you got to you got it's the raccoon's people and you know all this BS and the catering. And the, yeah, okay. <laughs> a lot of no garbage, garbage can lids. <laughs> yeah. Stream, can't think of the stream. So I went and got. Uh, I went and and we found this place that about two hours out of town that rehabbed raccoons. Really. And so these are raccoons that have been injured. So they're already a little dodgy. You know what I mean? They're like right, a little, right. a little sketchy. They're like afraid of people. They're a little bit like the, they're like the nom vet of raccoons. They're a little <laughs> ready to go. And so we we take. 
I go in this cage with the camera, and the woman who was a uh, uh, who was in charge of the raccoons wouldn't even get in the cage with me. And this this raccoon actually just starts climbing up my pant leg and is missing his tail too. By the way, so it was oh, so he's climbing up my pant leg and he starts going. <laughs> and the woman from outside the cage goes, "That's a happy noise." I just sat my pants. I'm really happy. <laughs> happy That's a happy but, noise. You know what? I got the shot. It was so Ed Wood at that point. It really made me laugh. That I'm, I'm, I'm like a raccoon in a cage. And I actually brought bushes and trees into the cage and made it look like the rest of the movie. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, get, what is the name of the, the movie? Well, the name of the movie is Willow Creek. That's the actual town that, that put it. Right. Into. Bluff Creek is where that was filmed. But Willow Creek is this town which, you know, 45 years later, a good portion of the town is still that's the industry. You know, there's the Bigfoot Motel and the Bigfoot Museum and Bigfoot Books and and so a lot of the folks that actually live in the town are in the movie, and um, I'm pretty happy with it. I, I, I think, like I said, it's different for me, but there's still comedy in it, and there's still, I hope, <clears throat> surprises. I don't want to ruin it for anyone. There may be a little bit of Bigfoot rape in there. Just a spoiler <laughs> alert. Just a taste. <laughs> a taste. Just, it's all implied, and it's off camera, so it's nothing too graphic. And when uh, when can we expect to see, see uh, the movie, Willow Creek? I think... I'm hoping that'll be out like in the, in the fall of this year, and I'm getting ready to start up another movie uh, this spring. So, so uh, yeah, so I'm very busy. So when do they, people approach you all the time about? First of all, let me say this: <clears throat> that independent films are about all I ever see any anymore. Um, we've tried to go to these different movies, uh, Hollywood movies. I have no interest in Hollywood movies any longer. I, I just yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. They're they're not really made for us, probably guys our age or or, no, or people true. our age. And it's also they're just but like wise. They're not really about anything. You know, they're not. There's no without something pretentious. There's no subtext. There's no other story or anything. You know, it's just what no. you see is supposed to blow your ass to your face. And there's no. You know, there's no, uh, you know, you know, all the movies I make, even something as, as, as weird as a Bigfoot movie, I'm usually trying to figure out something for myself. And for right. me, this is like something that the eight-year-old uh, Bob Goldplate was trying to figure out. Like, I really was fascinated with this as a kid. And yeah, um, sometimes, sometimes it's my relationships, you know, sometimes I'll finish a movie and I'll go, oh, and I'll realize who other people were playing in it. But, um. But everybody else usually figures it out before I do. Like, oh, uh, do? yeah, like, 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 like Joel goes, "Oh, so I'm playing you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the reason that he does what he does in that movie, um, well, we could talk about that because the movie's been out for about about a year now, or whatever. But but the whole setup to why he does the things that he ends up doing. I thought it was a great part of the movie, and that's why I like independent films because there, there are actually reasons for people to do what they're what they're doing. It's not like, well, he just did it because he wanted to do it. Well, no, there's a, you know, yeah, and also I like the idea of of of, of being able to, you know, uh, I, you know, a lot of the things that they rally against, not uh, not uh, not all of those things I I actually agree with, uh, but I right. I think it's weird when characters in movies don't name names or products they they just 
have, you know, it's like when you see a, a can of beer and it's not Budweiser, but it, you know, and it looks like Budweiser, but it's fake and it takes you out of the movie. It takes me out of a movie when people have conversations and they don't talk about anything. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, so my characters in that movie were highly opinionated. You know, I, I yeah. really don't have a beef with Diablo Cody, you know, at all. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, he, the line where uh, the girl says uh, she's the only stripper that suffers from too much self-esteem. Um, <laughs> 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 <'cause>, <laughs> which, which that blew up into another thing. And, and it's like, I really don't sit around watching Diablo Cody movies and getting mad, you know. I'm like, you know, but, uh, I, I, you know, the whole movie for me was about... Was about why? Why do we? Why do we have such an appetite for distractions? Why are we not interested in our own lives or even just conversations that are stimulating? Why is it just about sensationalism? What you know? I mean, that's a big part of what that movie is about. For me. Well, it was a tremendous movie. As I, well, I think I, I had talked to you <clears throat> after I actually uh, did see God Bless America, and I was very impressed with. First of all, I really liked the ending because the ending to me was very real. A lot of times in Hollywood movies, the ending comes, you go, well, that wouldn't have happened. But God Bless America ended the way it should have ended. Yeah, and the only way it could. And it's funny right. that pe- there was people that suggested the other kind of ending. And I was like, I was like, uh, no, I wanted one that throw- threw it back on our laps. And we went, oh, you know, am I part of the problem or am I part of the solution? And and. And I wanted you to feel mixed up at the end. I didn't really want it to be, uh, you know, I didn't want you to go, yay, at the end. I wanted you to go, well, that, that <laughs> yeah. was, you know, I was very happy at the end where you go, well, that's really fucked, which, which you know, um, which was the only way. And I was very, uh, it was a weird day filming that. It was actually kind of sad. It was like uh, the sure. end of the movie. It was the end of the movie and it felt really sad for us. Well, I, although I, there was some joy for me because the people who got it deserved to get it. Oh sure, but but you know it's funny when you're when you're when you're shooting people like that in a movie. It it really uh, the energy on the set is very silly most of the time. It's a lot like uh, working in a horror house, you know, not a not a sexy horror house, but a, a spook house. Either way, <laughs> there's no way to say it. <laughs> there's too many double meanings behind what I'm trying to say. So there are no real horrors, but there are different kind of horrors. Yeah. So. Um, so it, it was probably the most laughs we ever had making a movie. That was pretty really, funny. yeah. We would come home and be picking pieces of fake brain out of our hair and stuff and laughing. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that. Yeah, there's a lot. I love, at one time, and it's in the movie with that mother when she gets covered in blood. The the, the effects guy turns and looks at me and goes, "Hey, it's not an exact science." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really ask for a blood tsunami, but, you know, that, the, that'll be the last take. Even at the wall, it all looks like spin art. <laughs> so you you sound like you're like the happiest you've ever been right now. You're doing what you want to do. Uh, you're getting to say what you want to say. That's that's pretty rare, isn't it? Yeah, I would say that I am, actually. And, and people, uh, you know, I think there's a there's a, a big emphasis in, in our society that, you know, you're supposed to be in front of the camera and you're supposed to be, you know, just famous, you know, and, 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 and I'm, I've, I've become much more happier than I've ever been, uh, doing things on my own terms, like, you know, being behind the camera and doing stand up. But when I go do stand up, it's not all this craziness around it. It's, I'm happy to go and 
and uh, you know I love playing like uh, clubs and stuff and and yeah I really am as happy as I've ever been. Are you gonna are you gonna be uh, coming to Minneapolis St Paul anytime soon? Probably. I mean, I come in there once a year. You know, I right. love the Acme. It's a great, great room. It's probably, uh, if not the best, certainly one of the top three in the whole country is the Acme. You know, so. now, how, how do you find time to do that? Would you? I mean, you're working on. You, you wrapped up Willow Creek, but there's going to be a lot. There's a lot of work left to do, obviously, as far as promoting it and getting it. Uh, you know, all, all the screenings and getting people to. Yeah. Know, getting people's interest in it. So, how do you find time to actually hit the road and, and do stand up? It's just a mixture, you know, I don't really, I take the dates and then I work everything else around them and stuff. So it all worked out, though. The last time I was in town, um, uh, it was great because the movie was playing the festival the same time I was at Acme. So I was, it was, I was going and introducing the movie and, right. and, and, and then I'd go back to the comedy club. I don't think they've ever collided like that before. You know, I, I think uh, stand-up kind of keeps you, for me, keeps me really based in reality because, you know, I go to I go to Sundance and people are calling me an auteur and and then oh, you know, three, nice. and then and, and then and then three weeks, not even three weeks. The last time I was at Sundance, I got on a plane and then played a uh, uh, a Native American casino. <laughs> with nobody there and I'm bombing you know so oh was, really it, yeah yeah so it's really humbling it's like uh, hey on tour uh, <laughs> we got your agent and uh, we don't know if we're gonna make any percentages this weekend <laughs> now where was the casino that you played did you want to know really what, what well, I, I do want to because I, I don't really understand why anybody would uh, not go to see you at a casino well, and have a good time I don't understand well that. It was in it was in like this time of the year, so it was in Tower, Minnesota. Oh God! And um, there was <clears throat> nobody there except actually members of the uh, the, the tribe, right? Uh, because it was all snowed in. People were the the folks that did make it from the tribe were on snowmobiles, and um, <laughs> and and the chief was in my dressing room, and he was. He was <laughs> I couldn't talk off the, oh yeah, off the record. Allegedly, how about if I say this? Allegedly, he was drunk and he was crying and really hammered. And uh, and I dubbed him Chief Running Tab. And we appreciated that. So I get up there and the PA doesn't work. And, oh. and I'm using I'm using a bingo PA. I'm like, oh, and, uh, and I'm completely out of character too. Going, do you understand me if I talk like this? And I'm right here. Hello. Oh Hello. <laughs> You're looking around for a hidden camera. Yeah. For people then, who are around the world, apparently we have, Andy, you said we have listeners in every country in the world now? Yep. yep. So for people who don't know this, Tower, Minnesota. I've never even heard of it. Is the, it's called the, the nation's icebox. It is the coldest town in America in the winter. Oh, wow. Did, did you know that, Bobcat? Well, that would make sense. I mean, it really was the cold. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, everything was, everybody was, the only people who could make it, it vehicles couldn't make it to the gig, only snowmobiles. Where is yeah. it exactly? I mean, it's on Way the Canadian border, probably. It must be by International Falls. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of by they there. Say that yeah. they, and they get a lot of uh, people who get uh, uh, DUIs on this snowmobile. Yes, they do. <laughs> you know, um, the end of that story I forgot was, uh, you know, Robin Williams is my friend, and, and, yeah. and uh, the next next day I was talking to him and he goes and he had did a gig at the White House 
So you're at Tower <laughs> and he's at the White House. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, you know, I really, I really got rat fucked. They, they made me do two shows. Oh. And I'm like, really? Because yeah. <laughs> I was in Tower, Minnesota last night using a bingo fucking PA. I get it. I get it. Fuck me. I go, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Soothing a crying chief. <laughs> they rat fucked me. They made me do two shows. <laughs> oh, my they, they really rat fuck me out of the two shows. Really? Because uh, <laughs> me. How did you get to Tower, Minnesota? Yeah, how did you get there? Uh, <laughs> I actually, that's the other thing that's funny. It's a, it's a glamorous tour. It's usually me in a rental car. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's, uh, yeah, so. And I had a feature who uh, was a nice guy, but he was uh, kind, of, uh, kind of gabby, and he also... Uh, <laughs> he was like Chris Farley. He's just like the whole time. Remember, remember that time in Police Academy Four. Oh. Remember, oh. you weren't a gang leader anymore. And 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 the guy used the bathroom in a toilet up in the at a gas station. And I was so close to just fucking leaving him there. <laughs> I thought it would have been a really funny story, but then I I couldn't do it. But it would have been a great story. Remember. Remember, <laughs> I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, after after knowing Bobcat for 20, 26, 27 years, you've never struck me as the kind of guy that likes that kind of thing too much. It's like, really? Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'm, I, get un- I get uncomfortable. And I think part of it is that I just don't like spending too much time being nostalgic. I, I really like uh, making new stuff and going forward. And, and, right. Uh, you know, you, you know, I'm not about to go into a bar and say, you know, normally I get all my drinks for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not working for you. No, nah, it's not working for you. I'll tell you one thing. I, I just uh, was very, very happy when Catherine told me, uh, was the end of last week or early this week? When, when you locked in uh, the interview, uh, I think it was this morning. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was like well, three o'clock. It finally worked. I apologize for taking so long, but I, no, I no. Uh, you know, over the years, this is a, uh, your show's always been a, a, a huge, huge help and uh, a favorite to do, and you've always been such a nice guy to me. Well, that's nice to hear because, I, like I said, I've enjoyed the the relationship. I only see you once a year, usually, uh, and sometimes I'm not. Even there, when you're when you're around, one thing I, I did find kind of <laughs> one thing I enjoy about you actually is, um, like we were in Vegas and you you did uh, your show, and then I came over and I said, well, you know, you want to, uh, are you guys all set? I mean, you want to go have dinner? And he goes, no, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I kind of I find that funny because I understand. Well, I'm not very gregarious, but uh, I, uh, <laughs> I I think we both were kind of beat by the end of that. It was like right the crowd the crowd was great, but it was also really funny how uh, it, they were like almost over enthusiastic. <laughs> they loved you. They did. They yeah. Well, I had a good time, but it was just like it was it was kind of crazy. Uh, it was yeah. actually really funny. And then the next day, people in the costumes and yeah, it was it was a blast. Yeah, it's a it's a bizarre. City. I guess no other radio station in America can do that. For some reason, we're the only ones that people will come and see in Las Vegas. I don't know why. I I, I don't know why that is. But because other radio stations have tried to do that. Hey, we're going to go to Vegas and we're going to have you know anywhere from several. At, at the, you know, back when the economy was really healthy and you know nothing was ever going to go wrong, we had, f- I think it was forty five hundred or five thousand people show up for the the the, uh, the the shows. Well, back when it was at the 
Well, the Aladdin became what, Planet Hollywood? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just amazed me looking at all these fun. They're, they're, it's a two, it was the theater for the performing arts is what it was called. And it, I think it seated 4,500 and it was full. And I looked out and I went, they're sitting watching people do a radio show. And that kind of amazed me. There's not a whole hell of a lot going on until... I still don't understand. <laughs> uh, thanks, Andy. Yeah, that's good, Andy. My son. I still don't understand why anybody likes Well, it. I was just talking to Mom, actually, about I don't get why people go see live music. It's like, you got the CD. <laughs> it clearly sounds better. Yeah, exactly. The sound quality is way better. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. on the best stuff. For those of you confused about the song, this is the fight song of the Montana State Bobcats, of course. Coming up next, closing out the show, we're going back to one of my all-time, all-time favorite clips of any podcast, let alone ones that I was on. Chad Daniels talking a little bit about miniature horses with Bob Sansevier and others. Next... Now I have a question. Do you, um, because we were talking about Tom Segura earlier, and he had a Netflix special that he did. He's got another one coming out, too. He's got another one coming out? Uh, He didn't mention that. He was just on like two weeks ago, and he didn't even mention it. Yeah, I think he's doing the editing right now. Oh, he's doing editing? So how do you go about getting your TV, your your video, if you decide to do video, getting that picked up? Uh, I, I think you just probably shop it around, call the Net- Comedy Central, call Netflix, all that stuff, and then uh, they'd probably want to see the demo. Does somebody want to? Does somebody do that for you? Yeah, I have a manager that would do that. Okay, are they a good manager? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. And then, uh, but I, what I might do <clears throat> is just do the old tried and true, record it, and then sell it on the website for five bucks, something cheap, yeah, and, and make it available. Because the last one yeah. I did, I actually put out for free, and I thought it would get fans for me but what it's done is pandora i know that you are probably against pandora no i don't care about pandora i do a talk show yeah okay they they um have helped me quite a bit because people can accidentally bump into me they go on somebody else's go on somebody else's channel and then i come up on their channel i can see that so somebody at pandora has dumped all my stuff on everybody's channel which is great and so then now i have this thing where i can say we'll go back and watch this hour that you haven't seen. Oh, that's good. So it actually worked retroactively. But. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So that's terrific. So you might not even need a manager. You just need Pandora. It's been very good to me. That's, well, that's good. How about Periscope? I don't, I'm not on Periscope. <laughs> Her new obsession. I have, it, I have it on my phone, but I've never used it. because. Well, I'm trying to figure it out. There are too many... Between like, Snapchat, I can't do it all. I don't even go. On, I I don't go on Facebook or Twitter. I just can't do it. I haven't in like two years. I for sure can't do Snapchat because I don't know if you know what young ladies are up to. Yeah, probably still bad things. It's man. I'm not. Yeah, you'll get. You're arrested. on Snapchat and all of a sudden you click on the thing that they sent you, and it's you're just like, oh no, <laughs> no, no. I can't no. even look at that. <laughs> what are they doing? Wow. Well, they're just they they take pictures of their. Bodies without clothes on, genitals, and they just send it out to everybody. <laughs> no, they send it. I, I think, I think they. It, you can have. There's a story 
that everyone can see. Oh, okay. And then you can send individual Snapchats. And so I just deleted it off my phone. And it why would disappears, you do that? right? Is that the yeah, one that's like 60 yeah. seconds and then it goes away? So why is it a way that you ever, that? But you can take a screenshot of it while it's on your phone and then you have it forever. Right. Why so would I, I want to delete no, no, that app they... when people are sending me naked pictures? No, no, no. Why would they want to send naked pictures there? Because everyone's a perv. I just don't understand. Here, Dad, look, I sent my naked pictures to people I don't even know. Yeah, I get, I I get Twitter followers like that. I, oh, do you really? Well, cause some, I, if it's some weird name, sometimes I'll click on it to see who it is to see if I should block them. And it'll mm-hmm. be invariably a young, very young girl taking pictures of herself yeah, semi-dressed. See, I, I, sure. I, uh, thousands I think of if them. you're sending nude photos to strangers, you're probably not saying, hey, dad, a lot. Yeah. Let me update you problem. on my life, I think father. you're saying, hey, mom, where's dad? Yeah, yeah. where's dad? Yeah. Do I have a dad? It's sad. It's existed? sad as hell. It's got to be But sad. also yeah. pretty me. sweet. Am I right? <laughs> to me, I, sick nobody, and sad, Chad Daniels loves it. Nobody's going along with that. Just you. I just, I got... I get to the point with with all this Twitter stuff and Facebook and all, and everybody's a tough guy, and it's like, come on. Well, it's just too much to keep up with. It's just way way too much to keep up with. Uh, And I love talking to, like, the fans of the KQ Morning Show and this show and all the rest of that part of it I really enjoyed, but everybody's got a comment. And I would literally, I got to the point at the very end when I just stopped about a year and a half ago, I would say I'm at 2000 Southeast Elm Street, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414. Come over here, and we'll talk about it. But nobody ever showed up. Everybody's a tough guy on that thing. Yeah, I think, especially YouTube comments and everything, I think that what you should do, there should be a law that if the person you're commenting about Mm -hmm. wants to meet you and have you say that comment to their face, then the cops should come get you and bring you (laughs) You to that person. I like that. Me too. That works for me. All this just did. Well, we were just talking about uh, Lizzie uh, Velazquez. The she's a little girl that uh, everybody said was the ugliest woman in the world. I don't know if you've heard That's about. It's not very her. nice. She oh can't, my god! Her, she's got some her problems. body doesn't have any fat on it. it has no fat. Like it's so a she weighs like sixty defect. pounds. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. She just doesn't have. Any so fat you can imagine. That's why I erase yeah. Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, seriously, honest God, she would get comments about her. Her parents were getting Facebook postings and, and tweets. My God, she's so hideous. Why didn't you just kill it? I mean, how yeah, can you say nice. that to someone right. on social media? That's as cold as you can be. That's as yeah. cold as it gets right there. I'd like to talk to you two since we're face-to-face <laughs> about <laughs> that one. About that one. Yeah, well, you're right here. See, that's the different story. Oh, and Alex gives it the thumbs up. It's all I have a about question. you. When it's raining... How do you get places? What do you mean? Well, because don't you like hike and bike and that's it? <laughs> no, I drive. You drive. I have a car. What kind? The car, like car to go? No, I have, a, <laughs> I have a Subaru Outback. Oh, you have a Subaru Outback? Do you get hit on a lot by the ladies? Why not? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure people think it's like my dad's car or something because I accidentally, when we bought the car, we bought wildlife plates and it's a fishing license plate. Oh, I thought it, it was a canoeing one, but it's fishing, and so the <laughs> O in Minnesota is a bobbin. A oh, bobber? Not bobbin, bobber. Yeah. Bobbin, yes, a bobbin. Fishing bobber, and there's oh, like is? men fishing in the background of my license plate, and so I'm like, people probably think I'm just borrowing. Like, I think an that old adds to car. the lesbian motif. Yeah. Well, no, lesbians don't fish, do they? Uh, oh, I like fish. <laughs> Really? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know a whole lot no about lesbians. They dive. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Oh, really? 
Oh, really? Wow. Whoever thought. <laughs> yeah, the chats. Well, she's, she's been drinking. You know. been drinking I got to tell you, if you if you show me the transcript without names, you're the last one I pick. Really? Really? Yep, I say would dive. be the last one. Yeah, I don't think she's so. the last one. Yeah, I, would I think I'm going to go out to your, your Les UV right now. <laughs> and I'm going to draw longer hair on the Fisher people. Yeah. So everybody knows what's up. Les UV. The Les UV. Well, all I care about is that <laughs> the place wonderful. that it's made does not pollute, like at all. So. The what? The place where the Subaru Outback is made. They factory, don't pollute. They produce well, less waste in a year than the average household does in a day. Oh! <laughs> you know, that's going to be so depressing when you live like four minutes longer because you live your life this way. Do you know that every time I leave this place, I burn a tire? <laughs> Just that would me at in, all. in your memory, it's like well, it's well like, see, I'm balancing it out. It's like when you give you give money to a charity for someone's Christmas gift, mm-hmm. and you're like, I donated on your behalf. That's yeah. what I do to the environment. I burn a tire <laughs> in your crap. honor. So sweet. Yeah. So sweet. I think it's very sweet. Actually, nope. you don't see the sweetness there. Nope. I do. Good. Actually, yeah. I'm a very I'm nice person. It sounds very th- like it. I'm very thoughtful. Underneath it all, <laughs> like it. And because of Uncle Chad, from now on, every time I see you, you'll be hearing Les UV. Yeah. I believe me that. It's not the first that, or last time <laughs> I will hear a lesbian joke about my vehicle. But have you heard Les UV? <laughs> though I've never heard that. I've never That's heard pretty good. But pretty also, good. <laughs> I wasn't making a lesbian joke about. It. I just asked if you got hit on because it's a. I never have. No. Okay. No, have you ever been hit on by a lesbian? Either one of you ever been hit on by a lesbian? No. One time, I think I was. I was actually, at the gay 90s in, in college because yeah. it was the only place that you could go and like dance and not be hit on by creepy dudes. Well, that's true. And a lesbian grabbed my butt. Grabbed your butt? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, she just like walked by and grabbed my butt. And I, know I was she like, didn't tell me No, you did not. Because I don't care if you're a girl or a guy. You don't just touch me. It took you no. five years to tell me that story. Why would? It matters. She wouldn't have known where the person was. Yeah. Did she whisper, "Come outside to my Subaru"? Yeah. <laughs> it's an outback. You're gonna own one of these I have someday. fisherman plates. <laughs> it's partial zero emissions. <laughs> I'm glad it worked for you. That's all. I well, yeah, because I, I went to an all-girls school, so there were a lot of lesbians oh, there. Oh yeah. But yeah. they, yeah. like, they know rich. who's a lesbian and who's not. Typically, they do. Yeah. You can always tell a lesbian by if you play rock paper scissors. They always pick scissors. <laughs> Nobody get that? Wait, you thought Goodbye. the dive one was? Nobody get that? I get that. I get that. Scissor, no, we don't need scissoring to, we is don't a lesbian term into. where you oh. cross and you bump your vaginas. Yeah. I did not know that. Scissors. It it's unpleasant. like this. Watch this. Yeah. It's like this. Why haven't all my lesbian <laughs> friends told me about this? Which is really great because the Apple Valley Letterman's jacket looks like two le- lesbians scissoring. Oh, yeah, because the, the, the A and the V. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. These are, these are the things that. you think about. <laughs> yeah, so it's glad. not my fault. I'm so glad you're here. It's not like I go out so and I go, <laughs> what am I going to think about lesbians today? <laughs> I think you do. How will I, I just, do? I just, Perhaps just you do. Don't you wake up and say... What can I do to creep people out? I wonder if people who don't have that ability, and I would say 99% of people don't have the ability to think of their own jokes or comments, 
do they think that you think about that all day long then it stuff doesn't just occur to you i don't know i just la- like last night i said anus on stage and this girl <laughs> just goes anus <laughs> she just yelled anus she yelled out anus so my theory was that she was hypnotized as a child yeah and anytime she hears anus she oh. yells anus <laughs> So then I tried it again, just slipped it in, and she yelled anus again. And I'm like, I think I'm right. I think she's correct. Yeah, that could be. Uh-oh. Well, good. Yeah. That's a possibility. It was unreal. Have you ever worked with anybody with Tourette's, any of you? I've never worked no. with anyone, but there was a grocery bagger at the Kowalskis in St. Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Did exactly. you just admit you've never had a job? <laughs> I've never no. worked with anyone. I've never worked with anyone. My dad's Tom anyone. Bernard. I've had, a, I've had a job since I was 12. Thank you very much. I invited him to come to my elementary school once, and everyone was mad because he wasn't the Menards guy. <laughs> that was a disappointment for some people at my elementary it was school. A, for but all I have had a job children. since I was 12. I've been employed every day. What were you doing when you were 12? I was cleaning out stalls. Oh, that's right. That's right. You cleaned horse stalls. And cleaning the barn and yeah, cleaning. Well, you worked for the family. Well, no, because I worked at the, I cleaned stalls at the barn that I rode at, too. Oh, you did? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> were you around much the back big then? Those Not days. at the horse stall, I wasn't. <laughs> I've been considering, actually, my daughter wants to ride horses, and I've been considering oh, signing don't her do up. It. No, I'm not. Oh, not oh, now. Oh, oh. You can hook up with Bob Sansevier. Oh, they're, they're horse rich over there. It's fine. I'm not kidding you, man. It's you want expensive. to talk about pissing money. Not, not Western. <laughs> Western isn't expensive. Oh, it's not? Like what? All like, horses are expensive. Like, but yeah, I mean, keeping a horse is expensive. Chad, as you know, I grew keeping up in Keeping horse. Very, very expensive. Both are expensive. I grew up in the inner city, so I get a call. We live out in Dayton, Minnesota on a horse farm and the whole deal. And Catherine's out of town with Alex at some horse show. And she said, Tom, would you bring, uh, uh, because our guy at the time was, what was that, Dan? Was that Dan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dan can't make it. Would you bring the stallion uh, in to his stall? You asked Dad to bring a horse indoors. A stall. From outside. It was I mean, a, a, Deesh, the most Deesh wonderfully behaved horse on yeah, the planet. But so, come on. I don't know anything about doing this. So she yeah, said, well, you just hook it right under their chin. And I, I, I didn't realize you were supposed to grab it like a foot from under their chin. So I grabbed it like it was a dog lead. So there's about six feet of slack in this lead, right? Uh. <clears throat> Big mistake. I'm leading it in, and it bit me on the tricep. Holy Christ, did that hurt. The game by a horse hurts. And I honestly got, I will around, just kind of a natural reaction, and punched him right in the cheek. (laughs) He didn't even flinch. I mean, I I went, bam, hit him right in the face, and he looked at me like, whatever. Oh, there are some horses (laughs) that it's like, if they're being pains in the ass, it's like you just like punch them and slap them, because it's like, oh, nice. Get it together! Oh, I, I, I would have killed you're gonna, hey, you. Hey, you keep talking so about know. punching animals, you're going to lose your Subaru. No, <laughs> and my vegetarian status. And, and just, just so you know, Tom has changed the story from miniature horse to stallion. Yeah, it was just to Deister. make himself look more manly. It was manly. Deister and everybody it was, knows. It was, it was a three-inch mini. Yeah, three donkey. Oh, now we're talking. Is this Groove Line? It is. Subaru! Subaru! <laughs> All right, so I was singing, and it made you think of something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I sang, and then you sang, and it went all the way around the table. Yep. Yeah. And so it reminded me of a story. My, uh, uh, what's her name? Sister. <laughs> graduated from college. 
graduated from college and we brought her out to eat. It was me, my sister, my mom, and my grandma. And my sister, who graduated in nursing, this should scare you, asked if she could have a vegetable melody, not medley. Med- melody. Oh. She goes, can I get the vegetable melody with that? So I said, carrots. And my mom went, broccoli. And then my grandma said, cauliflower. I've never laughed that hard, I don't think, in my whole life. When my grandma added cauliflower, yeah, very good. I grandma. almost shit my pants. See, now you know why you're so successful. That was crazy. That's crazy. That's so funny. Deal. That's Mike, you want to bring Bob up? Sure. Sandy, what's up, man? What's up? I got to ask you, Tom. What was that miniature horse talk? How we were you talking oh, about? I how... got bit by, on the tricep <laughs> by, a by a cat. Thumbelina. No, it was not a miniature stallion. It was a regular size cold. horse. We, oh. my mother and I, think that it was a miniature horse. Yeah, and it he was said Easter. it was you a stallion. Was. I'll tell you what: a miniature horse can be fierce. And another thing: I wish I was hung like a miniature horse. Those guys are well, unbelievable. Bob, you're trying to have your daughter, you big children. She didn't have her headphones on. Barb. Good God! Uh, don't, why? Just, just leave now. I want to. Sam, come be on our show. Because <laughs> yeah. it's so clean over there. Cesspool. What have you got? What do you got going on the show today? Bob? Well, we'll, uh, we'll send things to a screeching halt. Yeah. Quiet, you. We'll uh, we'll be talking. Well, Gelfan does his football picks, and he uh, he's getting closer to getting the money back. So he's not that far under. You know, we've been saying that for 30 years now. He's getting close to having the money back. No, he, yeah, he won on his honeybee last week and made some money, so that well, was that's good. good. That is good. Uh, Debbie Lang from Hallberg Criminal Defense is with me. We're uh, actually very depressing for both of us because we're both big bacon fans, and you saw that story, right? No. Could be as bad for you as smoking when it comes oh, to cancer. Bullshit. Bacon? Bacon? Oh, Come on. bacon is horrible for you. Thanks, Bob. Jesus Christ. You said it right in front of Alice. So is tilapia. I don't eat tilapia. <laughs> I even know what tilapia is. It's a white, fish. flaky fish, Bob. I'm staying away from it. <laughs> hey, by the way, I love you. the story about your grandmother and cauliflower. Thank you. <laughs> that is hilarious. Cauliflower. Hey, Sam? Yes? Your dad just publicly admitted he wished he had a bigger dick. <laughs> I don't know if you forgot that. It just had happened. It had just happened. Oh. But I don't know if you forgot, so I just reminded you. That's why I drink. <laughs> you know, you're disgusting. How's that, Sam? You like that? <laughs> Mike's gonna need to go in there because I'm gonna have to head to psychotherapy. I yes. meant the way he hangs his head. Oh my god! Oh, I see <laughs> oh my god! Boy, look at the time. Chad Daniels is at Acme Comedy Company tonight and tomorrow night, eight and ten thirty. That's gonna do it for TomBernardShow.com. Sam Sansevier, Bob Sam, the small penis Bob Sansevier. <laughs> the BS show begins Tiny right now on the Tom Bernard Digital Radio Network. percent of the population definitely is going to love this episode of the best of the tom bernard podcast brought to you as always by bradshaw and bryant great clips this week from paul mercurio bobcat goldweight and chad daniels thanks for listening everyone and we will see you next week <laughs>